Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 131. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, you love great audio content, and because of this, Audible is offering Entrepreneur on Fire listeners a free audiobook and 30-day membership. I recommend The Icarus Deception by Seth Godin. He narrates the entire book himself, and it is incredible. Jump on this limited-time offer at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And now let's give it up for our five-star reviews, Brian Bagnall, David Maloney, Matt, EpicBicycleWorld.com, FB student in Orlando, Pandolfi. Thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to thanking everyone who does the same. Okay, let's get started. I am simply delighted to introduce my guest today, Bill Clerico. Bill, are you prepared to ignite? John, I am fired up to ignite. <laughs> oh, love it, Bill. Bill is a former software engineer turned investment banker turned entrepreneur. He is the CEO and co-founder of WePay, which aims to be the easiest way for small businesses to accept payments online. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Bill, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself. We want to get to know you personally, and then tell us about your business. Sure. Uh, well, first, just thanks so much for having me, John. Um, we're just we're big fans of your podcast over here Thank and uh, just really excited to be on here. And so um, to tell you a little bit about WePay, we strive to make it really simple for you know, tiny small businesses uh, and growing businesses to get up and running quickly online um, accepting payments. Um, and we do that today through really simple free invoicing, um, through payment buttons for company websites um, and for virtual terminal, which basically allows people to accept credit cards um, instantly by just typing a card number into, uh, into a web browser. And so we're really trying to just make it dramatically simple for small businesses to accept payments uh, through the internet. Um, we're very strong in service-based businesses. So, you know, people like SEO consultants, marketing consultants, um, freelancers, graphic artists, um, folks like that, just trying to make it as simple as possible for them to uh, get paid by their customers. Now, I know a question that's going to be on the mind of every Fire Nation listener, and it's on my mind too, because I know there are differences, but I would love for you to just take a couple minutes Differentiate yourself from PayPal. Why would somebody go with WePay as opposed to PayPal? Sure. So um, I think if you talk to PayPal merchants, you know you hear a laundry list of complaints, um, and you know, and I know that because I was one of those PayPal merchants back in the day. Um, I was tutoring uh, folks to, to try to help pay rent, and um, you know I would run into a lot of the issues that a lot of our customers come to us, uh, you know, saying about PayPal, and a lot of it relates to how complex the setup process is at PayPal. Um, there's you know, just lots of questions to answer and, and hoops to jump through. Um, whereas with us, it's just a quick 60 second sign up process. Um, a lot of it comes down to how, they, how these companies look to their clients as well. So with us, um, we try to help our, our customers look as professional as possible at all times by giving them customizable professional invoices, um, checkout that happens on their website as opposed to a redirect over to, to PayPal. Um, and a bunch of other features as well to help them just look more professional. And I think lastly, it's, it's also about sort of the human side of WePay. Uh, we have a great customer service team that helps our merchants get set up, 
that if they have issues, they can talk to a real person through live chat, through email, or through telephone support. Um, and it's all domestic support. Um, everyone's really highly trained and really just enthusiastic about helping our merchants. And so I guess in a nutshell, it's around just the simplicity, ease of use and setup, um, looking more professional, and just having a great customer service experience when you need that, that aspect of the business. Sold. I'm sold. And I definitely look forward to delving more into that later in the interview, Bill. But before we do, let's transition to our next topic, which is a success quote. We want to get that motivational ball rolling and get Fire Nation pumped up for the rest of this great content that you have to share with us. So what do you have for us today? All right, John. Well, what I've got is, you know, maybe it's a little cheesy, but I think it's a mantra that we embrace around here. And it's teamwork makes the dream work. Uh, and oh, so I man. think, um, you know, in a payments company, you've got a lot of different functions, right? You've got engineering and product management and marketing and sales and support and design and, you know, legal and compliance and all, all sort of lots of different teams that have to work together. And if we're going to deliver the best possible experience to our customers, it's all about teamwork. It's all about, um, you know, helping our merchants understand what's going on, delivering them the best possible experience. And I think when that starts to fall apart, you start to see some of the issues that our competitors have where you have a disjointed onboarding process and processing process, or you have features that merchants don't really need or, or really use. And so for us, it's all about kind of staying unified as a company. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> well, in all fairness, you warned me it was going to be cheesy. I just didn't know the level of cheesiness you were capable of. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can go. It depends how far out of the rabbit hole you want to go, John. I'm totally kidding. That quote makes a lot of sense for so many reasons. Bill, take us down to the ground level. How have you actually applied that mentality recently at WePay? Sure. Um, so I think uh, we we're in the process of preparing for 2013, and I think you know, just like many of our customers, we're a small business too. You know, we're 50 people. Uh, you know, trying to deliver the best possible service to to our customers. And so as we've started planning for you know, next year's product roadmap and next year's, you know, branding initiatives. Um, we really tried to kind of sit down with everyone in the company um, and get their input and feedback. And so obviously we have strong ideas, you know, as management about what comes next and what we should be doing. But we think it's really, really important for everyone in the company to understand, uh, to understand that roadmap so we can deliver the best possible service to our customers. And it's things like sitting with our support reps, sitting with our salespeople, sitting with our engineers, and making sure that we have a really sort of holistic understanding of what we want to accomplish and what our customers want so we can deliver that best possible service. Perfect. And Bill, that's just a great lead into our next topic, which is failure, which are challenges and obstacles that you've encountered as an entrepreneur with WePay, with any entrepreneurial venture that you want to nail down right now. Take us back to a time in your journey when you failed, when you just slammed up to an obstacle that you couldn't overcome, but then share with us how you manned up and overcame that obstacle. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like, I think as an entrepreneur, um, we have concepts and ideas. We have, we, have, we have an idea of what the market wants and what, what service we can deliver. And, and we bring kind of a vision and a drive. But sometimes that sort of vision and drive is met with like the harsh reality of, of what the actual customer and market wants. And so when we initially launched WePay in March of 2010, we actually called ourselves a group payments company. So we were striving to allow um, roommates and friends to make it simple uh, to allow them, sorry, to make it simple for them to accept payments from, from one another and kind of manage the process of collecting money from a group. Um, and so we thought that, that was going to be a really big idea and it would sort of change the way people, uh, you know, would buy things. Uh, and, and is that where the WePay came into fruition? 
Yeah, I think ori originally it was very much related to that, uh, to that kind of group payments. Uh, I think today it's taken on a little bit of a different meaning, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but so we launched this group payments product. Um, we, you know, got a bunch of users and realized it was going to be a lot harder to build a business in this segment than we thought. Um, there was definitely people were definitely signing up for our service, but the sort of economic model of charging people uh, fees to to process those types of payments was actually not as lucrative as we thought it would be and couldn't really support the overhead of our business. Um, and so after about a year of working on group payments, we really took a hard look at our customer base and said, okay, well, which customers, um, you know, which customers can actually pay to support the infrastructure of WePay? And we, we really kind of honed in on the small businesses there. Um, and so we made the tough decision to admit to ourselves that we had failed. We had launched the wrong product into the market. Um, and, you know, but that tough decision, I think, was an inflection point in our business. We kind of looked at ourselves in the mirror and said, okay, we're really going to focus on small businesses. And what do they want? They want things like invoicing, payment buttons on their website, um, virtual terminal to accept credit card payments, which is a lot different than what, you know, a group of buddies renting a ski house wants um, and pivoted the product and our, and our company to focus on that. And so I think like it was definitely a tough time because it required um, you know, the confidence that what we were now doing was right. Um, but I think in hindsight, it was absolutely the right decision. And uh, I think the team is better for it to really understand and know that you know, we've, tried, you know, we've tried that sort of person-to-person -person concept. Um, it didn't work out, but we're very capable and sort of self-critical and we're able to spot that early on and, and pivot the business. That's just a phenomenal insight, Bill, because if you had just stayed under a shell and just worked on this product that you had in your head of this group pay with a bunch of friends and just tried to make it a perfect product and then just waited, 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 and then released after you put in so much time, effort, and money, and then it had just failed, you would have been in a lot worse situation the fact that you just got a product out there, you started listening to customer feedback, and then you continue to look at it throughout the time period and see who are actually your best customers, who is your best target audience, and then continue to shift your business plan to fit that. So that is just a great kind of lean startup method, getting that minimally viable product out there that's just great. And it seems like you took that to the 10th level. Yeah, definitely. We, um, we have a set of seven business principles here at WePay, and number one on that, on that set of business principles is that we understand the customer better than anyone else. Perfect. And I think like that sort of, constant dialogue and constant, you know, constantly asking ourselves, are we listening to the customer and actually delivering what they want as opposed to burying our heads and just building what we think is right, um, defines us as a company and, and was sort of a key, you know, if we had, didn't have that value, I don't think we would have pivoted the business. I think we'd still be working on a group payments product. Absolutely. So let's use that to transition now to our next topic, Bill, which is the other end of the spectrum. And that's that aha moment. You share with us an aha moment that you had of sorts when you just looked back in your business and you said, wow, these are our best customers. And you went forward with that. But one of the beauties of being an entrepreneur is that we truly are blessed with aha moments every day on certain levels. Some are tiny, some are medium sized, and some are just that big light bulb that just comes on and you go, wow, that is going to resonate so well with my target audience. Take us back to a time in your journey when you had another light bulb that just went on and then share with us how you turned that moment into success. Since we were building a group payments product, we were really tightly integrated with Facebook and a lot of the, uh, the social networks that were, that were out there to allow, to make it easy for people that were already connected on these social networks to share expenses and, and sort of invite friends. Um, and so, so kind of keep that in mind while I sort of walk you through the, the next step of this. Uh, so when you're processing payments for for businesses, um, the payments company actually takes on a fair fair amount of risk where uh, 
if we process $10,000 for Joe's um, SEO consultant company, um, and then Joe turns out to be fraudulent, not a real business, um, WePay is actually liable to pay back those cardholders the amount of money that they were charged. So, so just to kind of make it you know, reality, there's $10,000 of charges on customer credit cards. Those customers call their bank and say, hey, I don't know who Joe is and I don't know why he charged my card. Um, those banks call up WePay and then claw those funds back from us. And we then have to go try to claw them back from Joe. Um, but if Joe is nowhere to be found um, or is out of business, WePay is sort of stuck holding the bag and has to pay back those cardholders. So anytime we are taking on, or anytime we process payments for our customers, um, we take on a fair amount of risk. So if you sort of keep that in mind as well and think back to the sort of, you know, the integration with social networks, we really discovered that, we, you know, we were trying to brainstorm ways to underwrite the risk of our merchants um, in a sort of low friction way. Because traditionally the way it's done is by having the merchant fill out pages and pages of documentation, you know, kind of like applying for a mortgage or, you know, or something like that, where it's called the merchant account application. Um, and so we said, okay, could we take that process and shrink it down and ask for a lot less information and yet still be able to underwrite the risk of these merchants um, just as effectively as if we were asking them for 10 pages of, uh, uh, of data. Um, and so what we realized was that if they gave us just their email address and phone number, um, we could then use, use social data to kind of fill in the blanks uh, and use that to underwrite the risk of these merchants. So uh, today, what we, you know, and so, so we basically, that was a really big aha moment for us to realize that there's all this data out there online about our customers. Um, and so we can go get it in an automatic way as opposed to having to ask our customers to fill out pages and pages of documentation. And so today, we use that social data to underwrite the risk of our merchants. The benefit for our merchants is that they can get up and running in less than 60 seconds without providing a bunch of information. And the benefit for us is that it protects us against fraud and, uh, and loss. And it's kind of a win-win for, for everyone. Um, but it was really a little bit serendipitous that we had these connections with the social networking platforms and this risk problem, and we were able to kind of put two and two together and realize that that data can be really valuable from an underwriting perspective. So was this kind of like the Geico model where they just said, hey, we're only actually going to insure good car drivers. We're not going to insure people that have bad car driving records. I think it's a little bit different than that. Basically, what we're doing is that for small businesses, especially small service-based businesses, they may not have that like paper trail that goes back years that gives them a good underwriting history, right? It's kind of like you know a college kid applying for their first credit card. Um, there's just not that credit history to be able to really underwrite them. But what we're able to do is fill in the blanks and say, okay, we may not have financial data about your business, but we can examine your online footprint and look at you know how many friends you have on Facebook, the ages of your profiles, your reviews on Yelp, all this other data that is available. Um, and use that to make an underwriting decision. So we're able to underwrite people that no one else can underwrite because we're looking at these additional data sources. And so it provides you know, access to electronic payments for millions of merchants that previously could never qualify. Very interesting. And Bill, on that note, have you had an I've made it moment? You know, I think like one of our kind of central values here is just, you know, sort of humility. Um, and I think like we have really grand ambitions. We want to build WePay into a household name and I want to take it public. And I think, you know, that day when the New York Stock Exchange bell rings and, and our <laughs> stock listed, that will be my I made it moment. Okay, I'll hold you to that. Until then, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut, my head down, listen to our customers and work hard and, uh, and strive for that day. No, that's a great attitude. 
it's really interesting to hear entrepreneurs answer to this question because some people look at the I've made a moment as just milestones and accomplishments that they're making along their journey and, and the importance of that. And other people say, John, I'll never have an I've made a moment because that will mean that I've reached the end of my journey and I'll never reach the end of my journey. And for you, it seems like you definitely do have this idea of what an I've made a moment would be in your mind, your definition of it. My question to you is, are you enjoying the journey? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think like, you know, work, I come out of the finance world and when you work as an investment banker, um, you work really hard, you know, for your clients, but, um, at the end of the day, you're, you're really not building anything of substance. You're providing advice to other companies that are building really cool things. And so for me, the part I liked the most about investment banking was working with, um, our clients and, and talking to them about the businesses they were building. And, Today, I get to live that life every day. You know, I've got 52 incredibly talented, creative, smart, ambitious people that, that I get to work with. Um, I, we're in a market that's huge and growing fast and tremendously exciting. Um, we get to empower, you know, thousands and thousands of small businesses to, uh, to do just amazing things and, and make the world that much more personal. So, you know, there's not a day that, that goes by when I'm just incredibly thankful for the opportunity in front of us. Um, and yeah, we, we definitely do try to celebrate the little wins we have along the way as well. Um, but we definitely have a lot of work left to do. That is phenomenal, Bill. And I'm just so glad to hear that you're excited to work with the people that you're working with. That is just so valuable, so important, and a perfect lead into your current business. What is one thing that's just really exciting you about what's going on at WePay right now? Yeah, I think for us, um, we're in a major growth phase. Uh, you know, we the business is growing very rapidly, um, and that that all, that provides us an opportunity to uh, expand the team. And so, I spend most of my time um, working on, on hiring great new people. Um, and I think as a CEO, that's one of the best uses of my time to just attract the absolute best talent to our company um, and and find that great talent. And so. That's something that um, I'm getting to spend more and more time on, which is just fantastic. And it's just an area that I, I, I love doing is sort of handpicking that team um, that's going to take us to the next level. And what is your vision of that next level, Bill? Yeah, I think for us, it's, you know, it's kind of all eyes on that, um, on that path to building a household name. And I think for us, I think we consider success when every small business has the ability to accept uh, you know, electronic payments just as easily as cash or checks, um, so that they can compete with the big guys, uh, and, and you know, and they can they can run great high cash flow uh, businesses. Uh, that's what we get excited about. And for us, it's just about how many how can we get as many of those businesses as possible onto our platform. Very exciting, Bill. And this leads us into the next segment, which is the lightning rounds. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us. Fire Nation with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. All right. And you can be as cheesy as you want here, I promise. Well, you wish for <laughs> <laughs> What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Um, I think to be honest, it was, and this may be a little bit, this may not be the typical answer, but for me, it was just fear. Um, I think it was, you know, working in the finance world, there's a sense of, of you know, you're on a career track, and if you if you step off that track even for a second, you're sort of throwing your your career away. And I think that was just so misguided and, and so driven by fear at the time, um, because I think like the real world doesn't doesn't work like that. I think there are so many opportunities out there. I think like 
we've obviously been very fortunate to uh, to have the success we've had and, and be on be on the track that we're on. But um, I think even if that hadn't been the case, I think it still would have been the right decision 100% um, because we, you know, because th that sort of sense of fear is just all in your head. Um, Jeff Bezos has this great uh, clip on YouTube where he talks about uh, what he calls the regret minimization framework. And basically, you know, the sort of Cliff Notes version of it is, um, you know, whenever you have a tough decision that you're struggling to make, kind of picture yourself on your deathbed at the, you know, at the end of your life and think back to what you wish you would have, uh, you would have decided and, and then make that decision. And I actually used that uh, to kind of finally make the plunge. Um, and for me, that was just really eye-opening because when you put it in that context, all the little things, you know, the, the sort of the, the small concerns you have about career, money, all, that, all those things, they sort of fall away because you start really thinking about what kind of life you want to lead um, and what you want to build and create. And it helps put in perspective the, the kind of important things. Powerful. What is the best business advice you ever received? One of my investors, uh, his name's Peter Bell. He's a venture capitalist at, at Highland Capital Partners. Uh, and Peter and I have known each other a long time. He was, uh, I interned at one of his companies in college um, and just as an unpaid intern, just getting experience. And at the time, he gave me a really strong piece of advice. And this is, you know, this is coming about 10 years ago now. Um, and, you know, he and I were talking about, he, I, he was giving me some advice on like what I was going to do next in my career. And, and the advice he gave me was, you know, when you're just starting out, especially when you're just starting out, don't optimize for the sort of cash compensation you make in the short term, but think about sort of the reputation you're building and the trajectory that you're putting your career on. And, you know, because it's, I think, especially when you're first starting out, you know, out of college, you can make, you can, there's always that other job that pays a few thousand dollars more or, or something like that. And I think if I had optimized just for that, I would have ended up in the, in the wrong place. Um, whereas like, since I focused on what was the opportunity for me to sort of build my, my personal brand and my reputation. Um, and uh, I think, you know, at the time I had no idea that it would eventually turn into Peter leading uh, a $7.5 million investment in, in WePay. But by taking that advice, putting myself on that trajectory and building that reputation, I think I put myself in a, in a position um, where later on in my career, I had that sort of credibility and background to be able to, to kind of do great things. And I, you know, I'm glad that I didn't, at the time, optimize for a few thousand dollars more in compensation because in the long term, it would have been dwarfed by, uh, you know, by, by being able to work with Peter in such a great capacity. Valuable insight. What do you regret doing or not doing at some point in your journey? And what lesson did you learn from that? I think we were not as rigorous in our hiring process as we should have been. And we ended up making a few mistakes on the hiring front. Um, and, and I think that was something I regretted because it definitely set us back as a company. We had to then go and correct that. One thing I will give us credit for is that when, you know, because we were listening to our customers and we were very confident about what we wanted to do, it became relatively clear pretty quickly that, um, that those were not the right people for the, for the job. Um, and we were able to make that change. But I think early on, those first kind of key employees um, can really set the culture of the company and then dictate the next people that you hire and the next people that you hire and the next people that you hire. And so I think taking your time from a hiring perspective um, was one of the, was a valuable lesson that I learned. Um, I think I learned it a little bit the hard way. 
One of the major themes of this interview from you has been about the team that you build around you. And it's just a theme that's not touched upon enough on Entrepreneur on Fire. So I'm really glad that you're really sticking to this theme, Bill, and you're really lifting up the lid and kind of letting us look into what an organization looks like with a number of employees and just the importance of it. And I couldn't agree more, but thank you for sharing that. Definitely. And I think just like being human is one of our like central brand pillars at WeThink. And you know, part of that is being human to our customers, you know, making sure that we're not that sort of cold, stodgy payments company, but that we're actually helping them be successful. Um, but, a, a, but a big part of that is also, you know, the people we hire dictate how human we are and how successful we are. And so I really, it, it's a huge focus. It's one of the things that make us different as a company. Um, and I, it's something that we spent a lot of time on. And I think actually we started, in, we started with WePay because we thought we sort of correlated with groups. Um, but now I think that we concept really correlates with the type of team we've built and just how human we are as a payment company um, and trying to bring sort of a human face to payments, which is traditionally a very sort of cold, hand, hands-off industry. Mm, you told me you were going to circle around to that. Good job. Thanks. I was, I was trying to bring it back. <laughs> so, Bill, if you could only choose two websites to obtain all the information you needed to succeed, what would they be and why? I like to read The Economist to sort of stay up on uh, events that are happening in the world. I think it's very easy in Silicon Valley and in the entrepreneurship world uh, to, um, to sort of read all the same blogs as everyone else. Uh, but I think it's really important to expand your thinking beyond that and think about kind of fundamentally um, how the world uh, can change. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and have that kind of worldly perspective that I think a lot of people sort of fail to get. And I think second for me would actually be Twitter, um, because I think on Twitter, that's one of the ways that I listen to our customers and talk to our customers. Um, and that sort of back and forth and that conversation on Twitter um, helps inform a lot of decision making that, that we have here. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? I really like Siri on my iPhone because I, I end up driving a lot to, you know, to San Francisco or commuting. And I do most of my thinking in the car. And I just, you know, I find with my iPhone there, I can then send myself reminders and send myself emails of just things I'm thinking about. Uh, and that, that's a sort of a, a, a nice little hack to make the most out of commuting time, which is sort of typically downtime. If you could recommend a book for Fire Nation, what would it be? I really like the book Positioning. Um, it's a it, it's an older book. It was written in the '80s, um, but it's a it's a book about positioning brands and positioning companies. Um, and there's just some really it, it's just a great you know set of case studies around different brands and, and how they've sort of struggled with competition in the marketplace and, and how they they've sort of positioned themselves. And I think it really helps to kind of if you're trying to build a big company and a, and a big idea and change the world. I think it really helps to sort of simplify the positioning of your company to something that's just memorable and, and straightforward. Um, and I think that for me, that book was really eye-opening and, and informative. I, I really liked it a lot. So Bill, this is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of but all you have is a laptop and $500. What do you do in the next seven days? I think that 
The payment space is incredibly interesting. It's incredibly large and it's growing incredibly quickly. And so I think the there's a you know for example online payments today is about a trillion dollars a year in the U.S. In five years it'll be three trillion dollars. So you have an enormous market that's going to triple in in five years. And so I think it's a great space to play in. And so I think I would sort of start by by thinking about that, thinking a lot about what I've learned at WePay. And, and to be honest, I think, I think the track that we're on and the position we have in the market is a great one. Uh, and, and I think I'd probably seek to recreate uh, a lot of that, a lot of that same sort of magic um, in a new company if I was starting all over again. As far as what I would do, sort of pragmatically, I think you know, not to kind of harp on the same team and the same theme, but I think it would come down to building a great team around me that. Um, could help me sort of frame out the problem and go execute against it. I think with with five hundred dollars in seven days, you're not going to be able to do anything. Uh, you're not you're not going to be able to make huge strides in that amount of time with that amount of resources. But what you can do, and what actually what is completely free, is that it is meeting people, sharing your ideas with them, um, and trying to find that great co-founder or that great partner or that great first employee who's going to be able to join your team. And I find that the great people at the early days. Are not motivated by cash compensation or anything like that. They're motivated by the sort of strength of the vision um, and, and your ability as an entrepreneur to show them, you know, an opportunity that they're overlooking. And so I would spend most of my time trying to meet people and uh, and, and build the beginnings of that team. Bill, that was some great actionable advice, and you've given us actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. You know, at the end of the day, there's, you know, we make entrepreneurs out to be these giant risk takers that, that risk everything. And I just don't necessarily agree with that. I think that there's not as much risk in starting a company as, as people make, make it out to be. At the end of the day, you can always pack up and go find a job. Um, and, you know, in the, in the short term and measured in weeks or months, that can be scary or uncomfortable. But if you use that sort of lifetime perspective of like, what do you wish you'd do when you're 80 or 90 years old, I think a lot of those fears start to fall away. So my, my parting piece of advice is, you know, if you've gotten this far and you're this interested, um, then I would say, yeah, I think you've, you you probably have the beginnings of what it takes. And so I, you know, I would just encourage you to take the plunge because me taking the plunge was one of the best decisions of, uh, of my entire life. Um, I think it's just a, as a plug, you know, I think WePay is a tremendous tool. It allows all kinds of great businesses to easily accept payments online so they get paid faster, they get better reporting, um, they look more professional, uh, you know, and, and they just get paid more quickly. And so, um, you know, if any of your listeners out there are looking for a good solution to invoice customers or to charge customer credit cards over the phone or to put checkout on their website and they want to do it in a really easy way, um, we're a great solution for them. And I'd encourage them to check us out at wepay.com. Bill, thank you so much for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Fire Nation, what great idea do you have brewing inside you? Enough brewing. Take powerful action today. Go grab your domain and get your website up. I've created a simple seven-minute tutorial that will walk you through acquiring your domain for free all the way to your first post. Go to eofirewebsite.com to access this great tutorial, your free domain, and much more. That's eofirewebsite.com.
Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.